Listen in. Thanks for doing just that. Music, music has some sort of magical, maybe mystical thing happening. That couldn't be more sucked in. I love it. You see, I want to live life better, unless I'm in some sort of funk and all I want to do is wallow. Songs, artists, musicians, lyrics, they help me in all sides of life. They're like lifts in my shoes. I walk a little taller, my shoulders are on my back. Yeah. Bring on life. Bring it completely on. So I'm full of questions and I listen in. Luckily, or hopefully, I travel with a recorder and open SM58 microphones. You've got questions? You've got questions. I've got more. I'm Frank Jenks. I began listening with a syndicated radio program, interspersing conversation pieces with songs and subject matter. And now, I just want to offer this fullness, the greatness, the insight directly from rock stars to you this way. Yep, this is why I do what I do. Meeting people like Dave King of Flogging Molly. He didn't just fall into the music business. He swam his way through the mud and trash and finally landed on his heart. And that's where their music and lyrics end up inside of you and me. We grew up around the same time on this earth, but it seems like worlds apart. And yet, we both ended up on the same path, trying to make sense and leave a wake behind us that is worthy. We recorded at the Rothbury Music Festival on July 3rd, 2009, after their set. The overriding flogging molly that, that I have found, is, is it in you that you want to spread light, that you want to help people find that there's something more out there or something better, if that's, if there's, if that's two different things? Um, I, I just think that, uh, I've, I grew up in a very dark world, you know? Yeah. Uh, in the sense that even, even the, in the physical sense of the, uh, the building where I lived was Beggar's Bush and it was an old British army barracks. Yeah. And it was very gray and very dull. And my father died when I was very young, 10 years of age. So I was just about getting to know him. And then, you know, so the rug was always being pulled out from underneath you know, mm. your feet and that. And and the thing is, is, is like, but you know what, looking back on it, they were glorious days. You know, there were, there were, there were lots of, lots of happy times. And, and I think uh, Flog and Molly, like the lyrics, I think, if there's anything I try and do is, is, is just bring an element of, and I don't want to make it sound uh, crass, but like, you know, what the fuck? Basically, in the sense that, you know what, we can rise above anything, you know. I think the human spirit, um, we can rise above that. Not only that, we can celebrate it. Yeah. And that's what we do. That's what we do on stage. We're on stage and we celebrate life, the good and the bad of it. You know, we, we've all gone through that. Everybody goes through the worst possible things. But, you know, it's it's the spirit of life and, and the energy of life and, and, uh, and being there for each other, too. I love that. I interviewed uh, Larry Kerwin. Larry's a great friend. Isn't he... He's, but you know, and then I think of you know you two, and what is it about you people from Ireland who that went through everything you went through and decided that you wanted to celebrate life? I mean, why? I mean, is it because Americans have just sort of been middle class all their lives and we haven't really truly struggled, or because it really is amazing? Because I mean, honestly, 
Larry was intensely passionate. Mm. You know, Larry's a very passionate man. Um, just talked to him last week, actually. Um, yeah, he was playing in Wexford, where me and Bridget live in Ireland. Oh, really? He's from Wexford in mm. Ireland, and unfortunately, like. He's probably playing there right now as we <laughs> speak. As we speak. Yeah, Larry. Larry's a great writer. Um, you speak, you, you know, you talk about people like Bono. I remember like years ago, like Bono, I, I think um, I was in the studio and um, I was doing an album, uh, a, a soundtrack for a movie, and I was very, very unhappy with it. It, it was delete. I mean, you would not think it was the same person. If you read the lyrics of this thing and read the lyrics of what I write now, you would not think it was the same person. And Bono came in and said, I'd love to hear some of your stuff. And I was like, honestly, Bono, it's, it, I'm leaving the band because of this. You know, it's, it's really, really bad. Yeah. And I knew it. And he came in and he played um, So She Woke Up on the piano for me. Hmm. He said, I wrote this song and he played it. And I was like, you know what? This is, uh, I've got to make a decision here and I, I left the band and, and, and I moved to uh, Los Angeles because I, I think the thing was I was tired of trying to make other people happy you know yeah uh, and the important thing is to make yourself you, you have to look in the mirror and you've got to like you, you've got to you got to face your demons you know and, and actually the first song I ever wrote with that in mind was Selfish Man so mm. um, you know but yeah, I, I think. But it's also with a sense of humor. I mean, you 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 have got you've got to write. There always has to be that. And if you read Joyce or Yates or or you know even Beckett, I mean, it, it, the words are intensely painful. But there's a sting of humor as well. You know. How how could you find humor after your dad dies when you're ten years old? I mean, was your mom able to find that and and bring that to the family? Or no, no my mother. It was only me and my mother. Yeah. Um, when my dad died, and uh, my mother had to take on two jobs. I left school when I was fifteen and I worked at a what you say a gas station, pumping gas. Mm. Um, because there was absolutely no money. I remember it was really my father died when I was ten, and he was a. We lived in a this one roomed flat, and he had a wonderful opera collection, and I remember at ten years of age going to a payphone. And seeing an ad, I seen I saw an ad in the uh, newspaper, buy old records and stuff. And I, I called this person, and he came to the house, and he bought my dad's collection of opera. Hmm. And I don't know what we got for, I can't remember. But I was <laughs> ten years of age doing that. And, and it wasn't uh, eBay. No. <laughs> and it, it um, <clears throat> there, there was not, there was absolutely no, no humor. Hmm. Whatsoever. So did you count on friends? Did you have teachers? Did you no, have? No, I had no. Te I had no teachers. They, I hate them. And that's a very strong word. But my teachers were absolutely garbage. And uh, no, I, I had um. No, I, I, I no. There was nobody. And I think that's why, like, that's a big part of the writing, is because I never dealt with it, you know. And uh, you never what dealt. You with, never doubted it. Oh, no, I never dealt with my dealt father. Dealt with it. Oh, okay. No. And, um, and so I think when, when, when Flog and Molly became uh, a band, I, I think um, for some reason, that's when I started to deal with my father's death. And it was liberating. I mean, hmm. it really was. And that's when I could celebrate. I could look on his life as, as, as uh, 
And then, I, then all the funny things start coming out. Like when he, he used to pump gas and uh, petrol, as we call uh-huh. it. And Christmas, one Christmas, he, uh, he got presents from all the customers that would come in and pay their bill. And he, he came home drunk. The only time I've ever seen my father drunk. And he came home and he had a turkey fully with all the feathers on it. Huh? And it was dangling on the, its head was dangling on the ground. And he <laughs> nice. had it by the legs. And he walked into the house and he threw me like 20 pounds at the time. Which was probably the equivalent of honestly two hundred dollars, probably right now, or two hundred fifty dollars. Mm. I mean, and he, we'd no money whatsoever, you know. But yeah. so the humor started to come back; those memories started to come back once I started to deal with the fact that, uh, you know, he was a great. Did, did you ever? I said the word doubt in, when you were saying doubt, but did you ever doubt that you would get out, that you might just sort of get stuck in that place at um, that age? I mean, at that, I guess when you're a kid, there's always some sort of hope. Because you're a kid, you don't know that the world is rough and tough, and mm-hmm. you're going to struggle to get to places. So, did you ever doubt that you would never get out of that place, no. and you would never? No, did? I never did. No, because there was nowhere else to go. I mean, wh- where where do you go from there? Yeah, you know, you you, you can't go down because uh, well, obviously, I mean, I, I remember as a kid thinking, you know, there's this. Where do you go after this? There's no way. There's no place else to go. I mean, so I, I started to dream. And you know, mm. uh, 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 reality. Like at the time, I remember as a kid. You know, I was really, really young, but I remember specifically loving bands like the Sex Pistols and the Clash yeah. and the Ramones and the Undertones and Stiff Little Fingers and all these bands. But never wanted to be like them. I wanted to be like David Bowie yeah. and Mark Bolan and Freddie Mercury, and all these people who were glamorous and colorful, because where I lived was totally gray. Right. You know, these all the punk rock kids were all the middle class kids. They were putting pins in their pants for fashion. We were putting them in to hold them up, mm. you know? So there was a huge, I mean, to me, glam rock music was, was, was the way out, you know? Mm. Not being yourself. But that's where I got, you know, when I first started playing music, that's, it, it, the music wasn't important. Mm. It, it was it was it was it was a, it was like a vehicle to get you out where you were. So, do you really think music saved your soul? Is that do you, do you credit those glam that glam and that vibrant colors that they I were think, wearing? I, I, I don't as well as the say, sound. Of I would course, say it saved my soul. But I mean, because like at the same time, <clears throat> the memories that I do have of my father um, musically was going out and buying. He said, "I'm going out and buy two albums right now," and he went out and bought. The Dubliners live at the Gay Theatre, and he bought Johnny Cash, Folsom Prison Blues. Mm. So, I think if he stayed alive, that would have been an imprint. To me. But going back, that's where I've gone back to now. Yeah, you know, uh, I think. But the glam, the glam thing was just getting out of the rut. You know what I mean? The glam mm-hmm. was getting out of, but it was meaningless at the same time. Oh, uh, you won't make a fool out of me about working hard, about trying to not follow logic. I mean. Well, I think I'm in a I'm in a very fortunate position in my life right now, in the sense when it comes to work, you know, yeah. I, I I do I I do what I want to do, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm very lucky and fortunate to be able to do that, you know. Um, a lot of people don't don't have that, right? You know, they really don't, and you know, to go to a job every day, a job that you hate, and I've done that, of course, everybody's done that. I mean, yeah, but but I'm doing something right now that. It's just the greatest thing in the world to do to do something that you've always wanted to do. You know, it's it's an incredible gift. You know. So is that is that what you hope for when people 
work those hours and save up that money that 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 two or more hours is the oasis for them yeah exactly yeah. that they can get outside yeah. of that's that's why like the for gray example, and the that's why we, we we like we wear the suits on stage and stuff like because like when the when they came to the weekends when i was a kid and you were working you 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 put the old suit on right and you go to the dance and you you you'd have a good time you know it's respect i think it's respect and in your community, and it's respect in, in, in what you do f- for whatever it is you do in your life. Yeah. Uh, Man With No Country off the same record? Mm-hmm. About sort of the same thing, maybe? Following your heart? Following? Yeah, I mean, but it, actually that was uh, inspired by Kurt Vonnegut. You know? Uh, you know you, so you were into him? I've just, well, I've recently had gotten into him. Bridget bought me uh, the book, Man With No Country. Mm. Signed copy. A signed copy. Yeah. Now that's why you're close. She knows you. Oh, big time. That's my. That's the love of my so life, that, right so there. So that is what inspired that. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that, like you know, you, I mean, he was obviously in. He's been all over the world doing many different things, and some sometimes you feel like you know you don't belong to anywhere specifically. You know, you you yeah. you, you know you could you could you know I feel I feel as much at home in Detroit as I do in in Ireland. Yeah, I feel you know what I mean. So. Are you are you an American citizen at all? No, no, you, so no. I have a green card. You have a green yeah. card. Yeah. Do you have to renew that every so often, or how does that uh, yeah, work? Yeah, every ten years, I think it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm good right now. Though. <laughs> You're good. We're safe for the next few minutes, anyway. Something that you said, uh, I can't remember where the interview was, but what you think that we need, we, a higher level of communication. Can can you go into that a little bit? Because I well, think it's, I, I think it's simplicity. I mean, to me, you know. It's simplicity. Yeah. Okay. Keep I going. Mean, we, we, we make things to, um, you know, I, I, I think we have, we have and we always will do make this world a more complicated place. Yeah. I mean, that's just human nature, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, the bigger, the better. But I think the simplicity of life, I mean, that's what makes us tick. I mean, that's what makes me tick. I, I, I would rather do nothing than go home make dinner, go to the local pub with with, with the local farmers, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and have a good time, you know? I mean, I think, you know, and the thing that really gets me, I mean, being a traveling man um, in, a, in a traveling family, um, you, you meet so many different cultures. And, like, when we when we go out in any country, we don't want to find an Irish pub. It's the last thing we want to find. Yeah, we want to find where the locals go and eat mm-hmm. the local food and drink the local. And try beer. to understand that culture. Yeah, understand it, and and you know it's like, you know, um, I, I think that's and we we have to understand that you know. And These organizations that you have on the front of the website are really powerful. I mean, they're really heavy duty. I'm talking about uh, GoalUSA.org and uh, Saved Our Four, and then um, uh, Democracy in Action. I looked at him, you know, intensely, and I thought, "How do like Darfur? How do, how do we not get more involved there?" Because to me, I went to a website today, then went back to watching some golf on TV, mm-hmm. and then I drove over here, and you know, and then tomorrow I'll get busy with family stuff, and all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. but yet we're in the middle of you know, like Rwanda at the time. I didn't even know what was going on. Now we know Darfur is going mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah, I, you I, know, don't, I don't. It's hard for me to grasp that. It's, uh, for example, the goal uh, that we're talking about the uh, the charity goal 
they're the first in and the last out of everywhere. And they're, when it comes to Darfur, those people put themselves on death's door, trying to do the best they can to, for for inhumanity and that that is going on. And th the thing is, you see, places like Darfur and Rwanda, they're not important enough. You know, they're they're not yeah. important enough for for like. You know, you can't expect America to be the, the, the sheriff of the world, you know? Everybody's going to point the finger and go, you know, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. But there has to be, you know, you know, a solid, honest to God, like, commitment to, to, to situations like that. I mean, yeah, you know, and we as musicians, I mean, you know... It's easy for us to go around and banter this and banter that and say this and say that and we support this and we support that, you know. You know, we always yeah. sound like we're the, we're the, we're the goody goodies and the but you know we can just raise awareness. Yeah. And when we joined the charity goal, uh, that's the first thing they told us. You know, uh, they told us like you know what? The fact that you just create awareness in the in the community that you're involved in. Yeah. is raising awareness and 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 that's that's all you know. That's all you can do is is, is raise awareness. But I, I I don't know. Sometimes I worry about that. You know, that if there's nothing yeah. at the end of the day for you, what's the point in doing it? You know. I just interviewed a. I don't know if you know the band Our Lady Peace, but I Who? just Our Lady Peace. They're oh, yeah, yeah, from yeah. Canada, and Rainmade is great. I just interviewed him, but he just he he's gone to Darfur, and and you know he there was some stuff happening there, some dangerous stuff before he went and. He said, I sat in front with my wife, with my kids, my young children, and he said, then I went, how can I not go do this? Because I have these kids, I have to make the world, we have to do something here. And I thought, I wonder if I would have made that same decision, you know? If I would have sat there and looked at my kids, I went, I can't go, <laughs> you know? Mm. I mean, it's, uh, it's tough. How about, if, how about if we speak to, um, to Goal USA? Because, I mean, that's taking care of basic needs. It's so easy for me, middle class Frank, to think, eh, everybody's got basic needs. Don't worry. Again, yeah. don't worry about anything, Frank. You can go on with your life. Yeah. I, and I see organizations like that and, and peruse their website and I go, bad me. You know, I mean, sorry well, well, me for the, not the, understanding yeah, but that. The, the thing is, you know, um, the people who work for Goal are, are the people in the, in, in the field are called goalies. Mm. Uh, and um, they do that with the intense and passion that nobody else could do it with. Now, what you do in your life, you do with intense and passion that that they couldn't do. It's a calling. I mean, it's a calling in life, no matter what it is that you do. I mean, you know, you know, I, I'm the same. I feel bad about picking up a guitar and you know, p playing songs and and, and 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 singing songs about people in desperation, and I feel like I'm not doing anything to help. But if you're doing something with passion, you are helping people no matter what it is that you do you know no matter what it is that you do in life if you do it with passion not only are you helping yourself you're you're surely helping somebody else you know and it's 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 a way of you know i, I mean it, it's not the individual it, it it's it's the people that we elect and it's the people that we so-called get to work on our behalf you know um that's so hard to address. That's that's so difficult to get your arms around and, 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 and to, you know, find out what the hell is actually going on. Well, I I have to understand, you know, I, I think of 
and I mean, no disrespect to somebody like Adam Sandler, but I would think his movies were just sort of throwaway movies. But no, I've watched a few, and it seems like more and more are getting a little more meaning, and I thought, you know what, maybe he needed to take those steps. And somebody had to go to watch that sort of what I, again, me considering sort of inane entertainment. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. If you're passionate about something, and I think passion comes through, whether even if it's on a CD or a, a download or a movie. I mean, I, I, think mm -hmm. if, I think we can tell if there's real oh, passion there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I don't like it when I'm fooled. You know, when somebody later on says, mm -hmm. ah, I was just going through the motions on that movie yeah. or whatever, and I go, yeah. it got me. Yeah. But, but maybe sometimes that's what they're saying, you know. Yeah. And so you really, you feel called then for what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, it's led me to, um, to where I am in my life right now. I mean, from, I mean, even things like meeting Bridget and, and, and being married to Bridget, uh, there was no way that would ever happen if I hadn't taken the, the, the initiative to, to leave Ireland and, and go to America and not, not know anybody. Yeah. You know, I didn't know a soul when I came here. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and, and things happen for a reason. I really do believe in that. And, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think, yeah, there's a great saying, a great quote from, uh, believe it or not, Beethoven. Um, you know, a mistake is one thing, but the lack of passion is unforgivable. And it's it's something that has, wow. has been my my guiding, you know, it's, yeah. it's been the frame of, framework for me for my life. You know, and, and I really believe that. I mean, mistakes, we make mistakes all the time, and but do it with some balls, you know? <laughs> do you ever get tired of it, though? You know, I mean, do you ever get tired and you kind of wish... I mean, my dad worked in a factory his whole life, and there's some days when they're long and grueling, and or weeks or months or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I go, boy, I, I wish I punched the clock at seven and punched it again at three and got the hell out of here, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, does it ever get, does it ever, you know, I'm talking about that, you know, you're passionate about, yeah. again, whether you're getting involved with Darfur or, the, you know, you got show after show after show or whatever, and you know, you know, this is what you're called to do, but just once in a while, uh, does it ever just, does it run out and you kind of go, wow, <laughs> I don't know if I can keep going here because... Well, I think, you, I think as a human being, you always, uh, you, you always have that at the back of your head. I mean, hell, you, know, you know, you can't keep on doing this, but at the same time, it's like, you, you know, like for example, the show tonight, it's, it's like, you know, we haven't played together for two weeks. Yeah. And um, I really believe it didn't show. And not only did it not show, we still had the the gusto. We still had the that passion, that 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 excitement, like for our music. And you, you, you play in front of a crowd like we just did, and it's like it's it's actually before the show when you feel like you want to quit. Yeah. Because you get so bloody nervous <laughs> and so like and your stomach is like completely wrapped around your balls, and it's like you have no idea what the hell's going to happen. And then you go out and you have you you you, you have a good time. That's what we do is all about, you know. It's not pleasing people. Don't get me wrong. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to please people. Yeah. But un unless you please yourself and, and you're happy in what you're doing, does it get tiring? Of course it does. It's, it's a very physical job in the sense that, you know, that hour and a half that you see us on stage, that's the easy part. It's the other, you know, 23 yeah. hours or whatever. That, well, plus you're in essence the CEO of the, of the company, if you will. You know, you've got to make sure that the right people are hired. Now, I'm not talking about in the band, but around and surrounding mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. You've mm -hmm. got a we've got a great family. I mean, it yeah. is a family. We've got we've got a great bunch of people. And you're right. I mean, you definitely need that sense of stability around you. And, and, you well, know, you know. And I was thinking, 
I, you know, to expand, listen in, because I want people to listen into lyrics and listen into themselves and, and go live and make, and make a difference in the world. But I think if you are passionate, if you, if you are a farmer and you're planting corn and you love mm -hmm. the, I, I think it'd be a great interview to talk about this, whoever, mm -hmm. this man or woman who loves mm -hmm. to plant a seed and understands that you have to till the soil and go and, but if they're passionate about it, mm -hmm. I'm interested. Mm hmm you know and, mm -hmm. and it goes back to what you're saying it's like you know we all have a mm -hmm. part here I, I, rem I, I mean just to give you an example I, I, um, I used to play this club in uh, Los Angeles when we first got together and we used to play this club uh, called Fado Dodo okay and um, great name for a club yeah though. it was a great club <laughs> too Do. and our manager was the manager of the club and so to make some money he, he called me and said listen do you want to come in and clean the club like, like you know wash the floors and, and uh, clean the tables off and, and do something like that, clean the toilets out and stuff. And I says, yeah, absolutely. And, like, I'd go down, like, we'd be playing, like, a Friday night. And I'd, I'd been working there during the way, and I'd, and I'd clean the toilets and whatever. And I remember he came out to me, he says, he says, fucking hell, he says, I, what did you do to the toilets? And I said, what do you mean? He says, I have never in my life <laughs> seen toilets shine like that. And... He asked me to clean them. Yeah, and the thing is, but it's that thing, it's that pride, it's that, it's that like, you know what, if I'm going to do something, no matter what it is, I want to do it the best that I can, you know, and, and that's, I don't know where that comes from, you know, I, I wasn't taught that by any stretch of imagination, um, <clears throat> but um, that's, I mean, it, I don't know where it comes, but that's, that's my, that's my, that's the way I think, you know, that's the way I just feel, and I, I think if you're going to do something, do it right. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, brother. So, are you are you the type of the guy who thinks you know, there for the grace of God go I? Is that, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of luck in life, and there's a lot of bad luck in life. Yeah, and I've I've had my bad luck, and I've had my good luck, you know, and uh, we're just thankful that I get to do what I want to do in life. Well, you talk about luck there. Um, but you talk about work a lot too, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I think I think luck is is more than luck, <laughs> you know. Whatever that means, it sounds. I, I think I think hard work is is very very important. I, I think if you're not prepared to do hard work, no matter what it is, um, I, I don't think much will happen. I think you have to be prepared to work very hard at what you do, you know. And, but but at the same time, like I'm very lucky in the sense that I am doing something that I want to do. Yeah. Do I work hard? Yes. But it's something that I work hard at. I want to. You know. But there is also that element. If I hadn't met Bridget 15 years ago, um, I wouldn't have met. You know. You know. I, I, there's no way I'd probably be doing what I'm doing right now. You know. And it was luck that I just happened to meet her uh, when I was playing a couple of songs in a bar. You know, then we met George, and without George, yeah. we certainly wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. So it all, it all, it was like a jigsaw puzzle. It fell together, you know? Yeah. I'm sure it will fall apart, but it, it definitely fell together as well, you know? So has Bridget, or, or flogging, I, I, I'm not belaboring saving your soul, but, but, the, but it's on my mind right now when you say that, so, because, because I think of where you came from. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, when you, when you, I mean, is it just the puzzle? Is it, you know, the puzzle that brought you here all saved your soul to get you, you sitting got, in this chair with this right, microphone? Once you've got the right pieces for the puzzle. Yeah. Um, 
that's you know you know looking back on it you know the feeling of um i remember playing a song uh, it was actually called the the worst day since yesterday and we all played it and we all just stood around after we played it and and there was something else in the room there was something hovering in the room hmm. and i don't know what it was but it was something that was like yeah this this is this is what's meant to be this is this is this is our path you know and and so that's what we do well, a song like uh, like Wanderlust, you know, I mean, yeah, it's awesome. Well, that song's about actually a friend of mine. Um, we grew up together in Ireland, and I moved to London, and uh, he moved to Australia. And it just it, it, to me, it was a wonderful uh, it, 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 visually. Do uh, you still walk the streets at night with the Wanderlust? You fight. To the corner where we went our separate ways, and I just went. I just vicious both of us going. No, like the corner of life, and you go to the corner, and then we just went our separate ways. Mm-hmm. So that's where the song came about. Was, was yeah. from like, I hadn't seen him in fifteen years or something like that. You know. And is it because when you get to the corner, you both think that uh, wh- whether it's meaningfulness or happiness or whatever, it, it's because you guys sort of, hey, you know what? This this is the way I. Well, like you're called to do this. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the way you have to go. It isn't mm-hmm. as as much of a friend and as much as you spent mm-hmm. all that time. There's almost no option, mm-hmm. but you have to split at that mm-hmm. time, right? There's a wonderful, a wonderful movie um, called Whitney and I. Okay, and it's um, it's it, it's written and directed by a guy called Bruce Robinson, and it's it's based in 1969, and it's about these two out of work actors in London mm. and uh, Camden, and uh, they are raging alcoholics, and they'll take any drug, and they will do everything. Um, so they're actors. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> and they go away. Uh, they try to get away from it all for a weekend to the country. And one of them has an uncle, Uncle Monty, and he has a farmhouse in the country. And they go to the farmhouse, and it's mm. absolutely hilarious. It's it's one. The, it's it's my favorite movie of all time. Really? Okay. But it's the funniest movie of all time as well. <laughs> but the end of it is incredibly sad. Mm. And at the end of it, one of them. Uh, gets a, a call from his uh, agent to say that he got a lead role in, in a play in a Manchester uh, production of a, of a of a play, and at the end of it is the two of them separating at the end, mm. and it comes a time when, you know, you have to make these decisions of, you know, well, they're obviously they're life changing. Everybody makes life changing decisions, but that movie is one of those movies where. It nails it on the head, you know, and, and it's a true story, you know. It's, oh, it is. It, yeah, yeah, it was. It's it's written by Bruce mm. uh, Robinson, who uh, who lived that life, and uh, but it's a wonderful, wonderful piece of art in the sense that it looks at life as, you know, you go through, and it's it's ironically it was it was nineteen sixty nine as well, yeah. so it was like the end of all that, you know, yeah, uh-huh. and it was it was you know what, yeah. Well, it, it makes me think of, of, of the song, If if I Ever Leave This World Alive, because mm-hmm. I think that's about friendship mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they were friends in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I mean, go with that. Is that is it, is it about friendship for you? Is yeah. That, yeah, 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 it is. It's, 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 um, it's about song. It's about people. It's for people that... I think one of the lines that I'd, I'll come back down and sit beside your feet. You know, it's... Yeah, heavy comforting thing you know yeah and although you'll never be around maybe 
you know, maybe ever again in, in the sense that you'll never see. Just it's always they're always there, you know, and it's it's friendships are a wonderful thing, and and, and they're a fleeting thing at times, you yeah. know, they are. But that doesn't mean that they're not, you know, the most incredible important things in your life, you know, and and yeah, I mean, yeah, that's 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 a song simply about like that, you know. Do you, do you still have friends when when you were that you keep in touch with that when you were ten and eleven years old and going through that? Yeah. Yeah. You think you still Yeah. Yeah. How how are they Do we, doing in life? Um I mean they're doing good. I mean I I, I don't know. They're doing really good. Um it, it's funny. I, I just I don't know. I I I uh I haven't seen a lot of them in a long long time. You know. I'm just thinking they grew up in the same gray and the same yeah. dark and Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not the same having a parent die at that critical yeah. age, but still. Yeah. Well, I, I have, I mean, I, you know, it's one of those things, I mean, it's like, you know, you, you, you know when you like, you don't talk to somebody for a long time, it's, it's the actual effort <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to call them up and say, hey, yeah. how's it going, you know? It, it's a hard thing to do, you know? It, it's oh, a, sure it is. And, and sometimes I look at that like, you know, well, you know, they've got my phone number too. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I, yep. No, I think that's why you write songs like that because you know sometimes it's you know you're you're the wrong one you're to blame. You know. Well, I think that's the uh, the phenomenon of Facebook and MySpace and, and all these uh, social networking things is that we're able to keep in touch at a very surface level. Yeah. You know, and and there is part of that that you know I, I there's some people I want to get to know better, mm-hmm. and there's some people that I just want to know. Yeah, you doing okay? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. doing okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See you in a couple of years, yeah. and I'm and I'm good with that. If I yeah. see you in a couple yeah. of years, you know, I don't and, do and, I don't do the whole Facebook thing or anything like that. I, yeah, I'm, you know, no, I don't. But um, yeah, no, I, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's because there is something about again. I think why you write and why you do. There is something about trying to connect us, mm-hmm. you know, to find that common ground so we so we have hope. Mm-hmm. Is, is that well, what that, it is? It has to be. I mean, I mean, as, as in, in that one song, uh, "What I Hope," you might as well be blind. You know, yeah. Um, tomorrow comes a day too soon. Um, yeah, I mean, you you have to have hope. I think of drinking. Okay, I don't drink a lot. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Mm-hmm. And I know that people drink more in other countries and stuff. Mm-hmm. But but my sense is is when I go to Irish pubs, <laughs> mm-hmm. there is drinking going on full tilt. I mean, they're going mm-hmm. to the place of obliteration. Mm-hmm. I never like to encourage drinking, but I don't want to discourage it either. But I want to discourage becoming an alcoholic, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I mean, cause where do you come down on that? Because it, because well, there's, there's so there, much of the culture. There's a, yeah. There's a huge difference. I mean, like, you know, me and Bridget live in a, a very, very small village in Ireland. Yeah. And, um, it, it, it involves farmers, uh, racehorse owners, trainers, uh, and, Drinking, first of all, they drink a little bit earlier. They drink, they go out about six o'clock at night. Okay. But they leave at eight o'clock. Okay. On they leave the at eight o'clock. On the dot. And we love to go at that time. Mm-hmm. Because you, it's a social thing. Yeah. You meet people and you talk about horses and you talk about their cows and mm. you talk about, you know, everything else and, you know, how, how how's the wife and how's the dog and, you know... They, I, I sometimes in America, because people, you know, 
it, it, the culture in America has gotten to the stage where, like, you know, you have a, a Kit Kat or a, a Mars bar, you're you're going to be obese, you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's the same thing with alcohol. If if you drink two drinks a day, you're you're an alcoholic. Yeah. We in Ireland and and I, I'll speak for the rest of Europe. Don't think that way. They just don't. We we drinking to us is a social thing. Mm. It's it's to go down to the bar, the, the pub, mm-hmm. meet your friends, mm-hmm. have a few pints, have yeah. a sing song. You know, yeah. get the guitars out, sit around, play, sing. It's more of a social thing. It's it's not this. I'm gonna go out now and I'm gonna get fucking shit faced. Mm-hmm. It, it's it doesn't have that chemistry about it. You know, and that's I've said that many many times. You know, I think it's, you know, I love, I, I, I love having a drink. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do, but I love it in the sense that I love doing it with my friends and I love talking about times and, you know, ha- talking about family and, and, you know, it's, it's not, it's not to go out and fall flat in your face. You know? Well, I'm, I'm just, a f- again, just talking from experience of friends and, and, and family and whatnot, it's, it's almost like, you know, we were talking about earlier about how the, you know, they go to work and you know, can't stand their job mm-hmm. and you're the oasis for two hours. Mm-hmm. But what about the other 364 days a year? The oasis is, you know, the beer that's in the fridge, mm-hmm. in the remote, and that's their oasis. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they get, I, I almost think of like they almost get caught. They almost get stuck in there, you mm-hmm. know, and, and almost honestly, because I do think that we start out with just a couple of drinks. It's very easy thing to and do. And we're good. And, and it's a social thing to do, right? Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I don't feel like, just like you were talking about with friends, ah, you know what, I've got my number, I've got mine, nobody calls, you know what, I'll just have a couple of beers. Or, you know what I mean? I mean, mm. I just don't want the Oasis to be something that is detrimental to what I think helps us want to live, which is getting out there and being social and hopeful. Yeah. You, know? I mean, so. you have to be, you know, you've got to be, uh, you've got to be very critical of yourself sometimes as well. And, and, and uh, I, I think, you have to be able to tell yourself no. You have to be able to say, you know what, I'm not going to do that right now or whatever. I mean, we, you know, we, we, we love to go out to the pub and have a couple of drinks. Out of a week, we probably do it two nights. Yeah. You know, other, other five nights, we'll stay at home, cook dinner, maybe have some people over for dinner. But, you know, it's very life. As I said, going back to simplicity, it's the simple things of life that make it worth living, you know. Is it different for you though the, when you're in Detroit than it is Ireland? How no. you how you live that? Oh you, no, really? No, not at all. So you find that you find that for your life? Yeah, you, yeah. It's not it's, you, you know make I mean? it happen. It's, yeah, exactly. I mean, we live in a we live in a in the country in Ireland. I mean, we live in, on a we live in a, a house uh, in a tiny little village. Yeah, and we've gotten to know the locals. Um, we've become friends with them. We have a lovely time with them. Um, we come back to Detroit, we hang out with our family, and uh, simple as that. Dude, one more question. If you don't want to answer it, don't. Do you want to have kids? Absolutely. I've already got one, but I, I want more. So you have more hope to raise them in the world today than Absolutely. when you were a kid? Absolutely. I think, so the world's a better place today? I think, you know, with parents like me and Bridget, and I, I think from what we've seen in our lives, uh, can only be hopeful and and th- that energy has to be carried on you know and absolutely i'm not one of these people that think that this world sucks so bad that i don't want to bring a child into it if if you're good people and you work hard you can just hope they can make a change you know and work hard at it. what i always get worried for people with like you 
is that you work so hard, you feel like you don't have time for kids. No. Then all of a sudden, so I'm glad. No. I mean, I'm glad just because I've found hope no and way. blessing. And, and yeah. Do you have children yourself? Yeah, I have two, and I just... I can't imagine life without it. Oh, absolutely. I can't imagine life absolutely. without it. You know, absolutely. it's a, I think, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. One thing we really haven't mentioned, but I, I think the most important thing of no matter what it is that you do is family. Family is, 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 and I had a, I had a rough, uh, family. I think since me and Bridget being married, um, and even my son says this, uh, it feels like, and we both feel like it's the first family we've ever had. And it's a wonderful thing, you know, I was impressed they even called the band a family. Or, you know, you're oh, yeah, all a flogging Molly yeah, family beyond. Yeah, so. Of course we are. Hey, man, thanks for the time. I just Frank, can't wonderful. thank you so much. As we say in Ireland, crunchies. <laughs> what does it mean? Frank. It means Frank? Yeah, crunchies. Cool. That's your name in Gaelic. Crunchies. Well, thank you. I never wanted to put the microphones away. I love it. Though sometimes the best times are right after you shut everything down. Yeah, yeah, I love that too. Thanks for listening in. Thank you, thank you, thank you for reals. I know you're searching. Don't, don't stop. Keep on scouring lyrics and songs and movies and books and anywhere you can find inspiration. Because, and I know I'm still wrestling with this, you are worthy of love and a great life. Give and get. Listen in and share the goodness. I sign off sincerely, comma, Frank Jenks, questioner, interviewer, searcher, hoper. <laughs>